0: This week, October 9th and 10th, 2021, Pope Francis officially opened the next Synod of Bishops. The theme is For a Synodal Church, Communion, Participation, and Mission. Because of this theme, this synod will likely always be referred to as the Synod on Synodality. I think you already know that a synod is a gathering of bishops. But the word synod doesn't mean gathering. It actually means walking together. Literally the same path. Synods were common in the first centuries of the Church so that bishops could meet and discuss issues of importance for the life of the Church. In 1965, Pope Paul VI instituted the Synod of Bishops at the universal level of the Church. He wanted to continue the kind of fraternal exchange that was experienced during the Second Vatican Council. I guess that we can say that he wanted to continue the synodal exchange That was experienced during the second vatican council since then there have been some 30 synods you may remember the last two the one on youth and the one on the amazon region and so this next one is a synod that will look at what synodality means and to actually put it into practice because a synod on synodality is actually a synod on walking together which is really what it means to be church i'm deacon pedro and this is the sultanite hour Hello and welcome to another all new Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro and sitting here with me is Sister Marie Paul Curley. It's so good to have you doing the intro with me, sister.
1: Oh, it's delightful to be here as always, Deacon Pedro.
0: So um, this weekend in Canada, we're celebrating Thanksgiving.
1: That's right. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone.
0: Yeah, but my, my question to you is it's Columbus Day on Monday in the U.S.?
1: Well, it is in some places, but oh, it's also everywhere. becoming Indi- Indigenous Peoples Day as well. So here in Massachusetts, that's what we're celebrating rather than Columbus Day.
0: Okay. So, okay, because I was going to ask you, I never really understood why Columbus Day was a holiday, but um, so we just had, a, we call it a National Day for Truth and Reconciliation, and that's going to yes. be September 30th every year, and it's, it is a federal holiday. So this Indigenous Peoples Day is in only in some states?
1: it's only in some states it's not national yet um i actually don't know it's been kind of developing through the past couple of years so i'm not really sure where we stand but uh yes it would be great if we had a truth and reconciliation day here as well
0: well it's a well Uh, it might it might indigenous day might kind of turn into that depending on on how how things evolve um, well, that's good news. I didn't know about that. I'm going to have to uh, pay attention to that. Um, I'm really excited, sister, because this season, so we've always had you and 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 uh, Mark Matthews and Jillian and other contributors. This year, we're actually adding four new contributors with four new segments. So there's going to be lots more variety in the program. You will still be all here once a month. Um, but one of the segments we're going to introduce today, and it's uh, featuring an organization that I'm sure you've heard of. It's called Aid to the Church in Need.
1: Oh, yes. They're wonderful.
0: They do wonderful work. um, And they're going to contribute a segment that's titled Where God Helps. Um, and that's a little bit of a play on words on their, their TV program called Where God Weeps. Um, so that's going to be in about five minutes, we're going to be joined by Amanda Griffin, who's in the Montreal office and Ed Clancy, who is in the New York office. So so it's not just Aid to the Church in Need Canada, but Aid to the Church in Need internationally. So that's going to be in about five minutes. And then after that, sister, we're going to have windows to the soul. So you're going to give us the windows to the soul to a film,
1: that's right. That's right. We're going to be looking a little bit at families in film and what's okay. been new. What's been new.
0: Okay. Continuing with families in film. Okay. So not dads in films necessarily, but just, okay. But Maybe there's dad. a good dad
1: okay. in this film.
0: Okay, okay. <laughs> okay. good, good, good. I, okay. So, so she's purposely not telling us what she's going to talk about because she wants you to stick around. So that's windows to the soul in about 15 minutes. Um, and then sister, in our second half hour, um, we're going to be meeting, and I know, I mean, we've had a new CEO at Salt and Light Media for over a year now, but because of pandemic and this and that, we actually haven't had a chance to, to get to know him. So, But I did finally uh, got to sit down with him uh, a few weeks ago for a full like half an hour interview. So um, we're going to get to meet Father Alan Fogarty. Um, uh, uh, an excerpt of that long interview that we're going to play. Um, he's going to tell us about growing up in Nova Scotia, about how he found the Jesuits and a little bit about how, what his hopes are for salt and light media as we enter our second decade, because we're going to be 20 years old in two years. I cannot so, believe it, but that that
1: is wonderful. I'm really looking forward to that. I will I will be eager to sure stick today. around. Yeah. Good,
0: good. So that's uh, father Alan Fogarty feature interview with father Alan Fogarty, our, our CEO at Sultan Light media in about 25 minutes. And then at the end of the program, uh, we always finish with uh, a singer songwriter musician. We get to play music throughout the show and I'm very excited because today we're going to be meeting a married couple, Jesse and Kathleen LeBlanc. Um, and I'm a little ashamed to say that I've, that we've never been able to have them on the show. Um, I've known Kathleen before she married Jesse. She was Kathleen Dunn uh, for many, many years. I've been in love with her voice and her music for so long. And now she met Jesse and they got married and they do music together. They call themselves Found Together. So we're going to find out why they call themselves Found Together. Um, wow. But we also get to, uh, to, to know a little bit about them and about their first album as a couple. Um, so that's coming up in at the end of the show in about 45 minutes. Um, so a reminder to all our listeners, if you're not going to be around, you know, you can go to slmedia.org podcast, and that's where you can listen to the whole show. You can also subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. So, uh, there's no excuses for missing the program. Um, and that's
1: my way for listening. I'm, I'm always doing the podcast. I can almost never get it on the radio at the right time. So I know, I know, great. I know
0: the radio is good for people who are driving. Um, but yes, the podcast is good. So, so, uh, hope. Hopefully, like sister, people can uh, subscribe and take the show with you wherever you go. So let's start with a song, as we always do. Here is Found Together with their song, Home, from their new album, Found Together.
2: From the distant coast to the mountain top, From the depths of the sea, if you are there, it's home
3: Gave in and the ground gives out When the earthquakes beneath this home will be strong
0: That was Found Together with Home from their new album, Found Together. And we're going to be speaking with Jesse and Kathleen LeBlanc of Found Together at the end of the program. So I hope you'll still be around for that. Now, I'm excited to be introducing a new segment, Where God Helps. Aid to the Church in Need will be visiting the Salt and Light Hour once a month to share with us their stories about the church around the world. They will talk about situations where Christians are suffering as a result of poverty and persecution, but also, more importantly, how God's presence is working through members of the Catholic Church to bring assistance and hope in creative and courageous ways. But we should probably start with, what is Aid to the Church in Need? So to tell us, I am now joined by Amanda Griffin of Aid to the Church in Need Canada. She's located in Montreal. Good morning. and Ed Clancy from Aid to the Church in Need USA. He's in New York. Welcome, both of you.
4: Thank you, DeCue. Thank you very much.
0: So good to have you guys here. Um, So, Ed, why don't we start with you? Can you tell us a little bit about Aid to the Church in Need and and what the mission is?
4: Sure. Um, Well, Aid to the Church in Need soon will be celebrating our 75th anniversary as a church organization. We were founded in 1947 uh, in response to a difficult situation in Germany with a lot of refugees being forced back into that country. And after answering that call, our organization grew and uh, our mission is to support and promote the church, especially in countries where Christians are persecuted or suffering. And each year we support somewhere in the neighborhood, about 5,000 projects in about 140 plus countries. And we support in areas of formation of priests and nuns, aiding contemplative orders, rebuilding churches, uh, promoting uh, Christian media, emergency aid to refugees, which is where we got it started, and we still do, mm-hmm. distributing spiritual literature, children's Bibles and other material like that, providing transportation for pastoral workers, um, and offering mass stipends for poor priests. That's uh, one of the largest programs that we have. Mm-hmm. We currently have offices in 23 uh, countries, including obviously Canada and the United States, and our goal even in doing this, um, this radio segment is to not only provide financial support for these very important projects and support the persecuted and suffering, but also to provide uh, spiritual support by informing people around the world about what's happening with their brothers and sisters in Christ and through prayer and through um, people's word of mouth that we get more people who know what's going on and obviously, other than you know making donations, which are always nice, but uh, they, people are praying because we really believe that if we get people praying, we can do some wonderful things.
0: Yeah, um, uh, yeah, yeah. I agree. Prayer, absolutely. And that's that's good to know that that's, uh, that you're that you're the work that you do is rooted in in that prayer, um, Amanda. Um, yes, we're calling the segment where God helps. Can you tell us why? maybe, and tell us a little bit about what uh, the segment's going to be about, what you'll be sharing once a month.
5: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having us on, Deacon Pedro. It's really exciting to be doing this project, and um, I love that the U.S. office and Canadian offices of Aid to the Church in Need are having this opportunity to collaborate as well and to collaborate with Salt and Light is, is so fantastic. Um, so the idea behind the segment, we've called it Where, Where God Helps, um, kind of is a spinoff of a, of a documentary series that we have that actually airs on Salt and Light with you mm-hmm. called Where God Weeps. Um, There's also another program called Aid to the Church in Need on uh, on Salt and Light. Um, And in those documentaries, uh, they focus on different countries and on different situations and how the the church is um, helping in those situations. Oftentimes the church, when there's situations of war or poverty, they're the last ones who stay. And they also are often... Um, you know, the healthcare that's provided. They're the social workers. They're the, so we want to bring you some of those, those stories of inspiration Mm -hmm. um, that touch us so much. Um, And I was speaking with a benefactor actually the other day who um, said to me, it must be such a joy to work for aid to the church in need and to be able to, to, um, to help and to be part of the solution and I, I said it, it really is it's really a blessing to be able to hear these stories firsthand and this is part of what we have to offer is original stories from the people on the ground mm-hmm. you know it's much more than what you would get out of uh, reading a book or it's really firsthand information
0: absolutely um, so, so you have some projects that you're working on right now what what are some projects that Aid to the Church and Need is focused on now
5: well, we have a lot of stuff going on all the time, um, but we what we wanted to talk to you about today um, to sort of link up with what Ed was saying earlier about the importance of prayer um, are two major events that we have going on every year in the fall. One of them is called One Million Children Pray the Rosary. Mm-hmm. That's happens. That's happening on October eighteenth around the world um, in many countries. Um, In Canada, we are doing something um, online. So we have a Zoom event that's happening and we're inviting children and their parents and um, prayer groups, um, maybe Sunday schools, who wanna join um, to come online and pray with us. And in the United States, they also have a rosary um, campaign, joining on October 18th, as there are many offices around the world. This campaign of prayer started in Venezuela in 2003, I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, There were some children by the uh, 2005, I'm sorry, in Caracas, Venezuela. Um, Some women noticed some children praying together on the side of the road. And it reminded them of some words of Padre Pio, who a lot of people know of, um, who said, When one million children pray together, there'll be peace in the world. And paraphrase, something like that. Um, and so Aid to the Church in Need uh, eventually picked up this prayer initiative and took it on as something that we wanted to share with the world um, and sort of help coordinate. And so we've been doing that since, I believe, 2000 eat so since 2008 each of the church and Need has been doing this every year so we invite all children across canada and the united states to participate and they can contact us through our websites and there you will find more information and um, downloadable information um and this year it's the luminous mysteries that we're focusing on so it teaches children also how to pray the rosary very simple tools how to pray the rosary knowing that you're together doing it to pray for world peace. Very beautiful initiative.
0: That sounds really amazing, actually. I'm really excited about the the 1 million children praying the rosary. Now, I know every year you guys also uh, have an event called Red Wednesday. Ed, tell us about that.
4: Sure. Red Wednesday is an event where we feature um, prominent buildings and churches, and we ask them to do something in red, either light in red or wear the color red. And the purpose of it is to set a, a day aside in November to pray for persecuted Christians around the world, and we do this in all of the countries that we're involved in. And we have uh, major events in Canada, the United States, illuminating some prominent buildings, and inviting some cathedrals and parishes to do the same.
0: Yeah, and I think that some of our listeners maybe would be familiar because they would have seen some of the cathedrals or basilicas in their in their diocese all lit up. So that's coming up uh, in November, correct? Um, Correct. It's the you.
4: third third Wednesday of November.
0: Third Wednesday of November. Thank you, guys. Um, thank you for this. I'm really looking forward to this segment once a month. Um, and uh, thank you for letting us know about the good work that you're, that you're doing to help people around the world.
4: You're very welcome.
0: You. Amanda Griffin and Ed Clancy, you'll be joining us once a month for Where God Helps. You can find out more about Aid to the Church in Need in the U.S., Go to churchinneed.org and in Canada, -canada acn-canada.org. I'll put those links on our site so you can find them easily. You can also find them on Facebook and Twitter. And to participate in the 1 Million Children Praying the Rosary campaign, you can email in the U.S., rosary at churchinneed.org. And if you're in Canada, it's through Eventbrite. So uh, look for 1 Million Children 2021 on Eventbrite. But we'll put all that information on our website, slmedia.org. Or you can find all that information, again, on their website, churchandneed.org or acn-canada.org. Coming up is Sister Marie Paul Curley with Windows to the Soul, so stay tuned.
6: Hi, I'm Michael James Meddy, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour
4: with Deacon Pedro.
0: Salt and Light is now available on Roku and Amazon Fire. You can go to slmedia.org to find out how to subscribe. And now it's time for Windows to the Soul with Sister Marie Paul Curley, who's still sitting here, listening, waiting patiently.
1: What's I can't story? wait to reveal my plot twist.
0: Yes. Yes. So family film.
1: Yes. Uh, we have, we've had some very interesting releases um, over the past six months or so, and it's been really hard to track. Uh, I know that I, before I jump into the the wonderful family film that I want to talk about today, I also want to say I, I follow on Netflix rather qu- closely, and I saw that the squid game is getting a lot of popularity in the past couple of weeks. And mm-hmm. I did not watch the whole series, to be honest, but I wanted to watch an episode or two in case I wanted to bring it to the show this week. And um, for those of you who haven't seen the ads or whatever, it yeah, looks me. kind of like a, a Hunger Games movie, a Hunger Games TV series, uh, but based on adults. So there's these children's games that adults play, um, but with deadly stakes. And it seems to be, I, it, honestly, I, I mean, I wasn't a huge fan of the Hunger Games movies mm-hmm. or or the books. I think I actually talked about it here, but. Mm-hmm. I found this series, the first two episodes, although I'm sure there's some good points to it, for the most part, I found it very explicitly and maybe gratuitously, definitely gratuitously violent. Uh, and I just really didn't want to watch it. Uh, so unless viewers have a particular question about it, I'm going to not review that sure, for that's,
0: us. That's good to know. I had not heard of this. Uh, thank you for telling me to not watch it. But yeah, I guess <laughs> listeners I'm, send, send sister a, a, a message and ask her if you want her to review it. I, yeah, no, no, no. I'm still just waiting for the next season of Cobra Kai.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's right. And I still need to see the, the, the final season that's up. So yes. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, I did, however, find a delightful animated family film that I wanted to share with everybody today. Mm-hmm. It's called, It's it actually is a Netflix film. It's called The Mitchells versus the Machines. And I, you know, most animated films have a rather targeted audience. It's little kids, and maybe with mm-hmm. parents float, you know, thrown in, or maybe it's middle grade kids. This this animated feature, I think, really works for the whole family. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as you're able to enjoy, you know, the aspects of di- the different aspects of the film that appeal to different ages, it's it's a very entertaining film about uh, a family that's quite quirky. Everybody's a little eccentric in this family. We've got a dad, a mom, an older sister, and a younger brother. Mm -hmm. Um, The daughter's ready to go off to college and has always felt a bit of an outsider. Um, And there's real challenges in the relationship between the daughter and the father. Uh, But they decide to take the daughter to college on a road trip. And in the process, the robot apocalypse happens. (laughs) And yes, uh, so it's very deliberately animated. That's a good plot (laughs) twist. (laughs) <laughs> a robot apocalypse. And uh, basically it's a smartphone that's developed into a robot that takes over the world because they don't understand why families or people or humanity are worth saving. Okay. Uh, they just see the problem, that problems in family and human living. And so it's very much, uh, uh, although it's very lighthearted and very entertaining, it has a little more substance to it. And this, this, this family that seems to be very messy and does not have it all together actually ends up no spoiler. It's a spoiler here, but I don't think you'll mind. They do end up saving the world and saving humanity, but how they do it is, is the whole entertainment. And what I love about the film is this father daughter relationship that happens throughout the film. That's developed really well. Um, The father uh, is really critical of his daughter's approach to things, but, But in a justifiable way like he's very understandable Mm -hmm. and the daughter just feels like you know she doesn't belong and she's so eager to go off to college and get away Mm -hmm. from her family that she feels are holding her back and from being her her best self her true self she's a filmmaker so (sighs) it's delightful to see that portrayed in the animated and, and and her animated films which Honestly, I think they're really teen friendly because they kind of went right by me. <laughs> but I really, but I still enjoyed it. All the vivacity of, of this teenage daughter and and the filmmaking that she does. Mm-hmm. And she communicates through the films to the audience, but also to her father in the film. And that becomes a very powerful pro for technology, which is highly critiqued throughout the film. As a matter of fact, the film starts with a very, typical family meal where the father says, everybody turn off your screens for 10 seconds and see if we can make eye contact for 10 seconds. Oh, so wow. it has a very nuanced approach to looking at technology and the use of it in family and in society. So this, this is a really entertaining film with a little more substance to it. Interesting. And you can really say what's the role of the iPhone or the smartphone or the the Android phone in my life. uh, How does it affect my relationship? How do I use it for good? How do I use it for not so good? It critiques, uh, you know, technology. There's a line from the creator of, I mean, I think it's spoofing Facebook and Instagram and all that. The creator of this uh, monopoly of media who actually causes the robot apocalypse says it's almost as if Stealing people's data and giving it to a hyper-intelligent AI as part of an unregulated tech monopoly was a bad thing, you know, and this is, this, it's, it's like. And it's it, exactly it,
0: what's happening right now in the news. Yeah. Doesn't it? Wow. It feels,
1: it's such a timely film. So I think in terms of the, the one, the weakness that I find in the film is that it never really does articulate well, the value of family. So it's a weakness in the film. And I was going back to the letter of John Paul to families for the year of the family back in Mm the nineties that we had. And I I know Pope Francis has done some wonderful, uh, uh, it's homilies to families, especially for world family day. But, you know, he talks of John Paul talks about that the family is that the first place where we experience love and communion and it sets up how we relate to everybody throughout the rest of our life and how we understand our relationship even to God. And so that that sacredness of the family is not well articulated in the film, but it might be a good launching point to talk about why is the family so important? Why, what is sacred about these relationships that are are really brought up in the film? And it's so, uh,
0: yeah. Amazing how a robot apocalypse can make you realize how important family is.
1: (laughs) <laughs> yeah i there's, there's all kinds of little nuances in the film i'm looking yeah. forward to i haven't written my review yet but i'm looking forward to posting it because all there's right. a lot of little points that they make that just kind of help you think about things in a little bit of a different way so good. but in a so, fun way too
0: so the mitchells versus the machines it's a feature length
1: it's feature length it's available on netflix and it's for uh, the, the whole moment. family
0: ages all ages
1: I would say so. I mean, you you have to be, you know, able to follow a story, but yeah, it's really fun. And I think even teens and older teens would enjoy it too.
0: Okay. Fun. Okay. So looking forward to watching that. Always looking for a a good movie to watch sister. Thank you so much. Uh, It's good to see you again. And uh, we'll see you again in about a month.
1: In about a month. I look forward to it. In the meantime, you all are in my prayers.
0: Sister Marie Paul Curley is with the Congregation of the Daughters of St. Paul. You can read her blog at windows to the soul.wordpress.com, and you can follow her at Sister M Paul. Coming up in our second half hour, a featured conversation with Sultan Light CEO Father Alan Fogarty, and we meet singer songwriters Jesse and Kathleen LeBlanc also known as Found Together, so don't go anywhere. Hello and welcome to the Salt and Light Hour Part 2. I'm Deacon Pedro. On August 1st, 2020, Father Alan Fogarty was appointed the Chief Executive Officer of Salt and Light Media. I finally had the chance to sit with Father Fogarty and learn more about him, about growing up in Nova Scotia, his vocation story, early years as a priest, and his hopes for what is to come for the church. Here is an excerpt of that conversation. Father Alan Fogarty, thank you for being with us today. You, you. you grew up in Nova Scotia. Um, what do you remember about growing up in the east coast of
7: Canada? Well, what I remember is uh well, many things, but uh you know, I come from a very large family. I have eight older brothers and two yes. younger sisters and wow. And so, you know, there weren't a lot of means and so you made the best of things and so you got creative with your uh-huh. entertainment, a lot of maybe climbing trees, I don't know. <laughs> and uh but growing up the music was very much a part of mm-hmm. Nova of Scotia. Nova Scotia as yeah. uh, most people know and and certainly part of my life. So I grew up with a uh, fascination and uh, uh, basically I think I could say I was enthralled with the bagpipes. And okay, so, I was
0: gonna ask you what instrument, the bagpipes? Yes,
7: so I, uh, I played very seriously uh, the bagpipes. I played in a, in a grade one pipe band and played uh, in solo contests professionally. Wow. And so, you know, <clears throat> it was a real, very serious part of my life for a long time. But what I remember about it most was the friendships, really, that mm. I, I made during that time, and uh, with other piping and drumming right. friends, and so right. on, and even into through Highland dancing, so whole cult, yeah. Catholic culture. Fun
0: was it? So, so you you mentioned it ten, so eight older
7: brothers and two and two. Young. So there's so and 11. the ninth son in a row. Wow! Right. So
0: your mother's a saint.
7: She is. She's still alive. She's still with us. My my dad passed uh, some years ago, but mm-hmm. he uh, she's an amazing woman, and I she's one of the of the strong memories of my past. Really, so because
0: I'm assuming Nova Scotia, large family, very Catholic family.
7: Yes, yes. So we we took up a whole pew <laughs> in the church on Sunday morning and. And of course we went to the 9 a.m mass yes. um, which we all love to get out of bed early for on a sunday yes and so there, there are memories around that but yes we were we were a very catholic family
0: were you a server
7: i was a server you and all your brothers probably uh, i don't know if they were because uh, the interesting thing there is like the first date are a year apart and then they're four years they're four years between oh, my okay. uh brothers wow and my brother and me and so I, I'm not really sure if they did. I think some of them did. And uh, just little <laughs> stories there now that you mention it, they, because a couple of them, I think, still remember the Latin. So they oh my they gosh. were, they were yeah, because they're-
0: It's good that you mentioned that they're much older than you, because- Yes,
7: like, <laughs> well, see, Vatican II was, I was born in, in 63. So Vatican so II was just happening. getting- So my older brothers, mm-hmm. they were still serving the Latin mass.
0: So how do you get to meet the Jesuits?
7: The way I got to meet, the again, through the uh, pipe band connection, okay. I was walking, I was living in Halifax, studying there, and I was walking down the street one day, and there was uh, a person for, that I played in the pipe band with. He was uh, an excellent drummer, in fact, mm-hmm. snare drummer, and who became what left teaching and became a priest for the Diocese of Antigonish, Father Neil McKenna. Mm. And so Neil was walking down the street. We said hello, but he was with two other people. And one was a Jesuit priest. So we went out to dinner the day, the next Mm -hmm. day, and I stayed in touch with this Jesuit priest. And uh, he eventually, from Seattle, and he eventually, you know, just said to me, I'm kind of hearing a vocation there. Do you think that there's, um, that that, is that possible? And and I'm saying, yeah, you know, and then I thought the the Jesuits, you know, was really kind of out of my reach (laughs) because it seemed that you, you had to be really smart to be a jesuit mm. and all these sort of things and i wasn't thinking of myself that how way. old were you i was at the time i would have been 22 okay. when this was going mm. on and then 23 24 24. so he just said what about you know just going to see somebody i know in toronto okay talk to him work through it and if it's not for you it's not for you so i did i reached out to the person who happens to be Archbishop Terry Prendergast <laughs> we talked he says okay you should meet the vocation director right and it went from there yeah and so wonderful yeah and 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 it was interesting because I thought of other other kind of roads into mm-hmm. the priesthood and and as I approached those it just seemed like it wasn't happening when it came to the Jesuits like all the doors, All the doors opened. opened. So for me, that was kind of uh, an experience of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I, I was getting confirmation yes. and, and one thing led to the next. And it's not like it was an easy, you know, it was a given that if you show up at the door, you're going to, to be accepted. Yeah. You know, the application process took six months and it's yeah. rather detailed. Yes. And so, yes. you know, and interviews and so on. We're about to enter our
0: 20th, celebrate our 20th anniversary. Um, what, what excites you about Salt and Light Media that you'd like to focus on as we
7: enter our third decade? Well, I think it's, it's kind of hard to say one thing. So, and, and people who know me would say, well, he's never focused on one thing. So, <laughs> you know, this fits, fits very well with that. But, you know, I would, I would see there's a, a role that Salt and Light has to play with the church. Mm-hmm. And so how do we serve the church and what's happening? Because obviously the church needs all the kind of positive energy that it has to be brought out through the platforms that we have. So like you say, with with teaching and all this other Mm -hmm. infrastructure that's going on to make things happen behind the scenes, Mm -hmm. we so often hear the negative things of the church. I'm not saying they're not there, but I don't know about you, but I'm kind of tired about hearing about them and and think, the light needs to be shone on the positive things and, and on people struggling, but struggling to do good things. Mm-hmm. And so there are the stories, and yeah. Salt and Light can tell those stories. Yes. Salt and yes. Light can bring alive uh, the presence of, of Jesus in the world and the Holy Spirit in our hearts. And so that's where I would see, generally speaking, whatever we do, whatever the programs are, whatever the shows are, Uh, however, whatever platform it's on, we can really find those people Mm. and animate that for others. So that hopefully uh, people are not just sitting, watching these things, whether it's a one minute thing or a one minute clip or a 30 minute, 60 minute documentary, but, and then just vegging there saying, Mm. oh yeah, next. But something that we do that can inspire people to act in the world, to be agents in the world, to Mm -hmm. find others who are doing similar things, to be strengthened in that, reinforced in it, so that everybody benefits. Because really, you know, here, it's a platform, and like, none of this is about me. Nothing. This is not about salt and light. This is about Jesus in the world. This is about God and this is about helping others. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as a Jesuit we we talk about in our education about forming men and women for others because we mm-hmm. have boys in, and girls in yes. some schools and then certainly in the university level it's mm-hmm. it's coeducational. So, um how do we form men and women for others, for and with others? So, if we just give people a good education, then okay, so you know, anywhere can form a genius, mm-hmm. but if you have somebody with a heart and mind that's united, that's that's interested in, in looking beyond their own interests to help others, to draw them in, to bring life to them, that's where it's at. So I think salt and light is a brilliant way to do that. Yes. And uh, so I'm a, and I'm a kind of an excitable person, and so <laughs> I have to stop thinking about all the possibilities of salt and light and how we can respond to what's going on in the world, how mm-hmm. we can help the mission of Pope Francis, mm-hmm. who we know. It's just like, I, recently I, I was home in Nova Scotia and people were asking me, well, because they know that I'd met Francis, uh, Pope Francis a number of times, what's he really like? And I found myself saying that, I think perhaps he's the most important person to hit the planet in at least the last 200 years. He is, he's the real deal, mm-hmm. he works very hard, he's focused, and he's, we know he's pushing boundaries, but what he's doing, I believe, is he's calling people to responsibility and accountability. Mm-hmm. Because we know that we can, we can get going on our own agenda and we can forget what's really important. To be called back to that, nobody likes to be corrected or called mm-hmm. back to that, But we always have to be open to being corrected Mm. and so that we can grow and be better Mm. with Jesus at the center. And so, Francis, if anyone has emptied himself like Jesus has, I think on this planet today, like we don't know for sure. But excuse me, uh, I think Francis is a person we can see from the the fruits of his labor and how he's doing things that he is a person who Mm. is very much like Christ.
0: Yeah. Thank you for sharing that,
7: actually. Welcome. He's an amazing man.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I look forward to all of that with you as we move forward. Father Alan, thank you.
7: Thank you very much, Pedro. um, I'm very happy to be here and I look forward to great things happening. And, uh, you know, I say sometimes there are a lot of things I don't know. But what I do know, one thing I know is that we can only get there together. And so we work together and work with others. Who are doing? Let's find them. Let's be strengthened in this network of of people who are are really solid and thinking, and caring about others.
0: That was part of a conversation I had with Father Alan Fogarty, CEO of Salt and Light Media. To watch the full interview, go to slmedia.org. Here now is Found Together with Where You Are from their new album Found Together. Steel. That was found together with where you are from their new album found together. Okay. So found together are Jesse and Kathleen Leblanc. Jesse and Kathleen met in college. And since then they've sung and played together all over at coffee houses, youth retreats, churches, worship events, weddings, care homes, really any place that would welcome them. Jesse and Kathleen were married in 2016 and now they have two children. And finally they've recorded and released their first album, found together. And to tell us more, I'm now joined by Jesse and Kathleen LeBlanc. Welcome you guys. It's so good to have you on the show.
3: Thank you. Happy to be here.
0: Mm -hmm. So uh, I have so many questions, but so you met in college.
6: We did.
2: That's right. Studying at Trinity Western University out in British Columbia. We both, we're not, neither of us are from there. I'm from Ontario and Jesse's from Nova Nova Scotia. Scotia. Okay. Both studied out there and uh, yeah, met up from a friend of a friend of ours wanted us to play music together for an event. She was like, I need musicians. I know Jesse plays music. I know Kathleen plays music. Can you guys provide music for this event? We were like, okay, like, let's just meet up. We didn't know each other really well. And we met up at a music room and started playing music together. And that's really how it started, how it started. which and, is
0: and, yeah. and, so, oh, and so Kathleen, I, I mean, and I, and a disclaimer, like, I know Kathleen, I know your dad, I know you come from a Catholic musical family. Jesse, is that the same for you? Catholic Ab- growing up?
6: Absolutely it's true in the sense that I was Catholic and very <laughs> false in the sense that my family's musical.
0: <laughs> really so how, how did you end up uh, being a musician?
6: you know what my mom enrolled me in guitar lessons when I was about seven and I played and I had this guitar teacher who was very talented but very not my style of music very uh very country and I was not into country at that point in my life <laughs> um i've since kind of warmed up to it but anyway i dropped guitar she tried to enroll me in piano i dropped piano and then uh later on i went to a uh, net retreat national evangelization teams yep. and leading some worship and uh and really I, I part of my conversion was around that retreat and uh, and the music was a big part of it and how so old,
0: how old were you when you went to that retreat
6: i would have been 15
0: oh so you were quite young still
6: Oh. Yeah. I went to the retreat and I came home and I said, mom, where's my guitar? And do you have this music? And she's like, yeah, because she had a bunch of Christian music. So
0: right, so that's great. Playing around then. That's great. And what, I thought everybody in Nova Scotia was musical. Come on.
6: <laughs> that is, it's true, except for my family. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, so, so when did, and I guess this is a question for both of you, but when did you start writing music?
2: Kathleen we, uh yeah I wouldn't say that writing music necessarily is our both of our like um like some musicians like that's all they want to do is write music I would say that we really have to discipline ourselves and say hey we're writing a song like it's mm-hmm. not our um inclination but we um I guess individually on our own had written a little bit but we started writing music together in um around 2016 like around the time we were or no 2015 just before we got married and mm-hmm. uh the songs that you hear home actually was our first song that we ever wrote together. Oh, wow. Um, and yeah, those songs on the EP are kind of like the main songs that we've actually completed and are happy with and decided it was fun to finally record them.
0: So how does that, how does that work? Like who do you guys just sit when you, Kathleen says, cause she's the wife, she goes, sit down, Jesse, we're going to write a song. And Jesse says, yes, dear. And, yeah. and do you do it together or is it one of you more, the lyricist and the other one, the, 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 the composer? Like, how does that work, Jesse?
6: Yeah, it's a really, it's a really even split so far. Yeah. Uh, we um, for home, we actually had that one commissioned <laughs> through uh, we're playing a retreat called the One Conference in BC, and uh, and they wanted an original song, and so we were like, okay, well we maybe we write should something. write, maybe we should write one, <laughs> and so we had <laughs> and we met up a couple of times and really kind of Kathleen had like the first line that we kind of riffed off of. And then, and then a lot of it came from scripture and, and, uh, and some of it from Jacques Philippe, the uh, Father Jacques Philippe, Father yeah. Jacques Philippe uh, the lyrics, and mm-hmm. then, yeah, the music kind of, I, I think the lyrics and the music both kind of came around each come other. Together, yeah. And that's been our process so far. Mm-hmm. I'm
0: assuming that you guys, as a family, but also as a couple, you pray together. So it does a lot of the music come out of that
6: praying together, maybe? Yeah, I'd say a lot of the themes yeah, um, music come out of our our prayer life. Um, Like
2: home, for example, is really about um, how we not only find a home in each other, in our relationship, but also like the universality of the Catholic Church, like the fact that anywhere you go, you can be with the Lord, you can receive the Eucharist. Mass is generally the same wherever you go, and that the song is really about wherever I go, your love makes me feel at home. Mm-hmm. And so that really about that comfort we have in the church and our Lord, but also in each other, because we were living um, away from our own families at the time. And so, um, yeah, just the gift that relationships with each other and with God can be a, is really a home. And so that came from you know, our spirituality, but also our relationship with each other.
0: Yeah. And I I guess with just with any song songwriting, it's going to reflect where you are in your, in your life. And because you guys are sharing a life together um, that that's, that's going to reflect what you're both going through. So, so when, when you guys first got married and I heard that you guys were doing music together, it was like a guy and a girl. And I would see all these things about a guy and a girl. And then all of a sudden it's found together and I'm really confused. It doesn't take much to confuse me. so, so tell me a little bit about that transition why a guy and a girl and why why are we found together now
6: yeah, absolutely uh, A guy and a girl was was simply because we needed a name and we were kind of tossing things around and it was kind of silly yeah uh, kind of fun <laughs>
3: and, uh,
6: but also really vague. And you'd, you'd tell people like, buying hey, a girl, search us. And it's like, Nope, can't find you. There's lots <laughs> of guys and girls. And so we were thinking about changing our name to, you know, Kathleen and Jesse, a little bit more searchable, a little bit more discoverable. And, and we kind of took it to prayer. And um, we thought that, um, that, yeah, we, we wanted to do something more intentional. And so we wanted our name to relate to our ministry Um, and, and yeah, we prayed about that for a long time, probably a few months before we actually kind of came up with found together and, uh, and yeah, and, and just kind of, it was a total change of chapter and, uh, and basically the thought behind found together is, um, really being found, um, by each other, by your spouse, by your friends, by God, uh, and allowing yourself to be found. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of a big cornerstone to our ministry. Yeah,
0: it, it is a beautiful, a beautiful concept. Um, but yeah, I was gonna ask you about that. Why not just Jesse and Kathleen? Then everybody would just search it and they'd find you right away. Um, but I guess found together they'll find you too. So the album, this first EP, is self-titled, Found Together,
2: correct? That's that's right.
0: Right. Okay, so and would you say that the songs then kind of capture that idea of being found together that, that 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 also works as a theme for the album.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Each of the songs in their own way um explain the the beauty of relationship, the beauty of, like I said, finding a home in each other, but also um, you know, where you are is all about um realizing that you've been maybe physically together for a long time, especially like spouses can relate to this. Like you spend a lot of time together, but maybe it's not intentional time. Mm-hmm. So where you are is about just taking a step back and saying wow like i miss you let's reconnect i want to get to know you more and fall in love with you more so that's what where you are is all about just allowing your spouse to love you and to and to love them in return um and lucky one which you'll also hear is uh it's a fun song just about like you know jesse wrote it for me it's it's called the main line is my love i'm the lucky one and it's just yeah. a fun, cute funny song about um you know marrying up <laughs> and, uh, and you're stuck together. Like it's too bad if you find <laughs> out I'm not as great as you thought. Like <laughs> we're stuck together, so just kind of a cute like acknowledgement of, of relationships and the joy of them. And um, yeah, so I would I would say absolutely. And there's another song on there called "Find Me," which um, you can listen to on wherever you stream music. Which it's kind of a it's a very vulnerable song about um, having having the courage to share the darkest parts of your heart with somebody that you love. Because we often will try to put up a face or put up a front to, to people, whether it's your spouse or like your friends or your family, just like, I've got it all together, but there's a a moment where you have to say, you know what? I'm not perfect. I have some dark things that I've done or like things I don't like about myself. And you need, in order to have a true, free, open relationship, you need to be open about those things and to allow the person you love, whether it's your spouse or even the Lord, most especially to say, Lord, these are the things that I don't want to give you. And here they are and find or yeah find me is all about when once you've done that the person or lord receives you with so much love he's like i love you anyway these Mm -hmm. things got my love i love you with with all of this together so that's what find me is about
0: yeah it's it's beautiful i love i love that concept of being found together and how we need to be found and be allowed to to be found allow ourselves to be found by each other and by god and finding god too i guess um and and i and i'm gonna just add that before we started you guys told me because your website is wearefoundtogether.com and that's because that includes all of us not just the two of you but all of us um i'm hoping that there's more music to come that you guys are still uh writing more stuff because i really 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 like your sound and and it's just, just great stuff so i know our listeners are really gonna enjoy listening to your music thank,
2: um, thank you that that means a lot coming from you thank you, you so much
0: Absolutely. Okay, good. So Jesse and Kathleen LeBlanc, just look for Found Together um, or go to their website, wearefoundtogether.com. And to listen to this interview again or to hear the rest of the program, you can go to slmedia.org slash podcast. And I was going to mention that, yeah, you you can look for uh, Found Together on their social media platforms as well. Um, Here now to take us out is Found Together with that song that Kathleen was just telling us about, Lucky One from their self-titled album, Bound Together.
3: A one note song, the background track just droning.
0: to found together with lucky one from their album found together and that will take us to the end of the program remember that you can listen to the salt and light hour podcast anywhere you get your podcasts you can also listen to every single salt and light hour program that has ever been made at our website slmedia.org podcast and you can find me deacon pedro on your social media you can also email me i love emails pedro at slmedia.org next week we'll be meeting liturgical composer Stephen Pishner. And also, we're going to meet the host of the new Catholic Youth Series, Studio 316, Shevin McCullough. So that should be fun. I hope you can join us. Thank you for being with us today. Continue to pray for each other and take care of each other. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this has been the Salt and Light Hour.